to Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, and I'm joined by Maurice Patton, and we are coming to you live from AJ's Good Time Bar here on Broadway in downtown Nashville. Thanks to our friends here at AJ's for always giving us a nice, what was warm, now is a little cooler, <laughs> place to be. Not as warm as it was. Not as warm as it was. No, no. But not still as not as cool as outside. Yeah, no, and it's it's awfully sunny in here, as you can see. But, man, what an exciting <laughs> uh, day it's going to be down here on Broadway as the NASCAR Champions Parade is set for 2.30, and we're going to let you see a little bit of that. You'll probably hear most of it. <laughs> you may hear more than you see. Yeah, <laughs> probably. But, man, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a great show lined up. We've got... Uh, Joseph or Joe Sullivan. Joe. We won't call him Joseph anymore. Call him Joe, Joseph. Yeah. We're friends now, apparently. There we go. So we're, we're, like on, we're, yeah. we're 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 on we're on nickname basis. Yeah. Casual term. Casual. Exactly. So Joe Sullivan will join us to talk a little college hoops. He was at uh, Lipscomb earlier today for an eleven AM tip. So Oh. Yeah. <laughs> eleven AM on Wednesday. Uh Sure. I guess church wasn't going to get in the way of this one. There huh? you go. No, no, we're going to play on church night. We're going to play you know, on church, church day. day. <laughs> so, but yeah, we'll talk to him about what's going on in local uh, college hoops. We've also got Heather Williams who will join us a little bit later than normal, but she's got something else to talk about today. So yeah, well, we may we may actually want to talk to her about. We're going to have to to yeah. get a little more info on the press conference that she will be attending a little bit. Well, now. Now? That <laughs> she's attending for East Tennessee State as they announced Trey Lamb as their head coach. As they introduced Trey Lamb as their coach. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we will get with her as well as, of course, Jerry's Titan Report at 3 o'clock. All of that and much, much more coming your way. Plenty to talk to. And, man, I don't know why I'm yawning so much today. But... Let's get to yesterday's results and today's schedule, Mo, on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. Tuesday night, girls basketball action. Beach defeated Station Camp 61-54. It was Brentwood defeating Wilson Central 73-30. Webb School 55, Brentwood Academy 43. Clarksville with a 54-46 win over Creekwood. Portland defeated Clarksville Northeast. 51-21. It was Coffee County 50, Blackman 48. Sounds like a good one. Collinwood 65, Cullioka 52. Eagle will defeat at Forest 60-27. Franklin Road Academy defeated Battleground Academy 57-49. Hendersonville with a 68-28 win over Friendship Christian. Good pasture. Doubled up. Tennessee Christian 74-37. Greenbrier with a 53-50 win over Springfield. Independence defeated Dixon County 54-39. Franklin with a 58-27 win over Kirkwood. It was Polk Prep 52, Laverne 21. Lebanon with a 66-33 win over Gallatin. Lewis County 55, Hampshire 37. Lincoln County 42, Lawrence County 36. 
Marshall County edging Spring Hill 4749. Liberty, Liberty Creek 64, Merrill High 34. Middle Tennessee Christian 73, University School of Nashville 29. Lead Academy with a 50 to 41 win over Montgomery Central. Stewart's Creek 53, Nolensville 49. Oakland 53, Green Hill 28. Cheatham County defeated Pearl Cone 54-34. Providence Christian with a 68-40 win over Columbia Academy. Richland Defeated East Robertson 48-38. It was Mount Juliet 55, Riverdale 40, and Page with a 58-57 win over Rock Bay. Continuing girls play, Siegel was a 59-32 winner over Centennial. Smyrna downs Hunters Lane 58-9 in Wayne County with a 43-30 win over Summertown. It was John Overton 65, Valor Collegiate 44. Clarksville Academy a 75-54 winner over West Creek. Westmoreland down White House 46-23. Sycamore 55, White House Heritage 25, and Santa Fe was a 50 to 15 winner over Zion Christian. Coverage of that one at MainStreetMurray.com. Did you see John Wilde's tweet? Mm-mm. He put his belt over his shoulder and said, Won't you? <laughs> Boys basketball, Brentwood 74, Wilson Central 41, Clarksville 64 57 over Creekwood. Portland Downs Northeast 70 45, Blackman 50, Coffee County 28, Cullioka 80 59 winners over Collinwood. It was East Nashville 77, Brainerd 60, Hickman County edges Fairview 40 39, Giles County a 68 63 win down at Fayetteville. It was Eagle, yeah, Eagleville 56, Forest 38, BGA is 61 42 winner over Franklin Road Academy, Hendersonville 58, Friendship Christian 55. Webb School downs Grace Franklin 81-43. Houston County with a 64-47 win over Harpeth. Franklin 51, Kirkwood 47. Mount Juliet Christian 53-48 over Lancaster Christian. Pope Prep 71-67 against Laverne. It was Columbia Central 47, Lawson 36. Gallatin 67, Lebanon 32. Lewis County 63-31 over Hampshire. And Lawrence County with a 62-47 win against Lincoln County. Also, Marshall County defeated Spring Hill 70-37. Liberty Creek with a 59-38 win over Merrill Hyde. University School of Nashville defeated Middle Tennessee Christian 78-22. Lead Academy 70, Montgomery Central 55. Nashville Christian 61, Franklin Christian 43. Nolansville 74, Stewart's Creek 38. Oakland defeated Green Hill 64-54. Cheatham County with a 59-54 win over Pearl Cone. Providence Christian with a last-second three-pointer from Preston Wade. Defeated Columbia Academy 65-62. Ravenwood with a 68-41 win over Cambridge. Richland defeated East Robertson 66-53. It was Riverdale 65, Mount Juliet 41. Rockvale by 10 over Page 71-61. Siegel defeated Centennial 53-33. Smyrna with a 71-64 win over Hunters Lane. Wayne County defeated Summertown 72-63. Overton 56, Valor Collegiate 50, Clarksville Academy with a 73-69 win over West Creek, White House defeated Westmoreland 64-54, White House Heritage 46, Sycamore 43, and with 46 points from junior Alden Slaughter, Santa Fe held off Zion Christian 72-55, coverage at MainStreetMurray.com. Men's basketball action on Tuesday, Trevecca with a 96-90 win over Findlay, yes, um, Cumberland 79, Oakwood 76. Women's action, Trevecca completing the sweep of Findlay 77-68. And on the ice, six straight for the folks next door. 
six. Predators in overtime down the Pittsburgh Penguins, 3-2. High school basketball doubleheaders tonight. Clarkson Northwest is at Lead Academy. That's the 6 o'clock girls tip boys to follow. College basketball doubleheaders at 5.30. UT Southern's women will be at Stillman, and men will follow. Men's basketball action. As we said just a minute ago, Chattanooga was at Lipscomb at 11 a.m. We'll get a report a little bit later from Joe Sullivan, I assume. Tonight at 7 on ESPN Plus, it's Moorhead State at Austin P and Belmont at North Northern Iowa, as well as Tennessee State down at Alabama A&M. In the ACC-SEC Challenge, SEC goes 4-3 and three yesterday, looking to do well again today and maybe win the challenge. Florida at Wake Forest at 6.15 on ESPNU. Tennessee goes to North Carolina at the same time on ESPN. Also at the same time on the Deuce is Texas A&M at Virginia at 8.15. It's Duke at Arkansas on ESPN. Virginia Tech at Auburn on ESPN2. Georgia at Florida State on the ACC Network. And Boston College is at Vanderbilt on the SEC Network. And... 8.15 in Tallahassee. Is that 9.15 local time? It is. Jesus. It is. Can you imagine? No, can't. <laughs> Excuse me. Women's basketball at 4 o'clock today on ESPN2. You can see Notre Dame taking on host Tennessee. Vanderbilt is at North Carolina. That's a 6.15. I'm sorry, North Carolina State. 6.15 tip on the ACC network and on ESPN Plus at 7. Middle Tennessee State takes on the Cougar women, I guess, of Houston. Um, in the association, Utah is at FedEx Forum against the Grizzlies. That's a 7 o'clock tip on Valley Sports Southeast. And tomorrow, the Blue Cross Bowl kicks off at 10 o'clock our time with the Division II AA championship game between Boyd Buchanan and Christ Presbyterian Academy. All those games can be seen on my TV 30. And that's your rundown. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go by and see them for your daily lunch specials. They've got cobblers, meats, vegetables, and you can just make it however you want. It's up to you. And, of course, they've got daily uh, fresh hand-cut meats as well as great produce and more. All cost plus 10 at the register. That's at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Top story is, first, the TSWA, Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Players of the Week. Jordan Sears, a junior guard at UT Martin, averaged 31, I'm sorry, 30 and a half points in a pair of UT Martin games. Scored a career-high 34 with seven assists in a 105-103 double overtime win over North Alabama. Um, before scoring 27 points in the Skyhawks' 94-71 win over Chicago State. So, again, 30.5 points, 4.5 boards, 4.5 assists, 1.5 steals in a pair of UT Martin victories. He was also named the OVC's player of the week. Go figure. Um, on the women's side, Vanderbilt guard Jordan Cambridge 
averaged 20 points, eight and a half rebounds, three assists, and four and a half steals in a pair of Vanderbilt wins out at the South Point Thanksgiving shootout in Vegas. Had a 12.11 rebound effort against Iowa State. Scored a career-high 28 points with seven steals and six boards against Northern Iowa. Set a personal best with 11 made field goals and tied a personal best with five threes uh, for the year. Jordan's averaging 14.7 points, eight boards. So congratulations to Jordan Sears and Jordan Cambridge, Tennessee Sports Writers Association's men's and women's players of the week. Yes, congratulations to the Jordans. Yes. Well, Jordan and Jordan, D-Y-N. Either way. From Miss Cambridge, but yes. Oh, yeah, of course, because we have to spell our kids' names. Well, I, I know, but it's not wrong. Trust me. It's They're just being creative. It's okay. It's fine <laughs> until you spell it wrong in print, and then it's not fine. <laughs> it's like, well, it was just a J in the scorebook, ma'am. I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> oh man well let's continue with our top story action here last night college football playoff rankings come out it was in fact georgia one michigan two washington three and florida state four number five the oregon ducks number six ohio state so oregon's the best one lost team I mean, over Texas, over Alabama, they are the best one lost team. I'd throw a dart, and I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, we've talked about the Pac 12 or the Pac whatever their number is at this point pretty much all season long, and those two teams in particular, I mean, I'm, I don't have an issue with it. I, I wouldn't have had an issue with, other than Alabama, I don't think I would have had an issue with any of these other three teams being, you know, five, Oregon, Ohio State, or Texas. Here's Because you couldn't have Texas there ahead of, I mean, you couldn't have Alabama there ahead of Texas, excuse me. But other than that. Huh? Here's my thing. Hmm? Okay. So you've got, you've had Washington ranked, Five and Oregon ranked six up until this week. Well, until last week, I guess Washington moved in four spot over Florida State. But they've been five and six in all but the last ranking. Michigan has been one or three. And so obviously Alabama lost to Texas. It doesn't add up. If Oregon's loss was to a team you think is worse than the team that Ohio State lost to, how are they behind me? Similar losing fashion on the road field goal. And, yes, I know it was six points for Michigan, but it was still, I mean, they kicked the field goal just because they had to. If they would have been able to run the clock out, it would have been a field goal game, but they couldn't, so. I just, I mean, if if this is the pecking order, if it's if it's Michigan, Washington, Texas, 
how is it not Ohio State, Oregon, Alabama? I don't have an answer for you. It, <laughs> it just, it, the, the committee makes no sense to me. Because, again, Georgia wasn't number one in the first rankings. Nobody lost. But Georgia bumped up because of a win that they had over Ole Miss. So now nobody lost. Michigan beats the number two or three team in the country wherever you have them put. You have them at two. But Michigan doesn't move to one. It just seems silly. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of consistency here. It's probably not. And so I'm going to tell you what Bill Hancock said, and I want you to tell me whether or not this committee is actually doing what he says. The most deserving is not anything in the committee's lexicon. They are to rank the best teams in order, and that's what they do. So just keep that in mind. I think that's what it says in the book. And I think that Bill Hancock is saying that's what they're supposed to do. I'm telling you that that's not what they're doing. No, you're you're telling us that in your opinion, that's not what they're doing. Because in your opinion, you feel like Oregon is better than X or that Ohio State is better than X. I mean, so much of this is subjective. Well, May, I, I mean, maybe the committee, when they sat down and hammered this out, maybe not everybody felt this way. But, you know, this is a consensus. Of, I mean, it's a pretty big committee. I can't I, imagine everybody feels the same way on every team. I understand that. What I'm saying is, based on the results on the field, you've told me that Washington is not one of the best four teams in four consecutive rankings. What changed? What changed? That's what you're asking. And and if something changed, that's And fine. maybe something didn't change for Washington. Maybe something changed for somebody else. I mean, for Ohio State to drop to six? Look, I'm no, I'm no Ohio State apologist. I'm just saying that it just doesn't I don't, make a lot of sense. I mean, I don't, I don't know how <laughs> Ohio State stays in the top four. No, no, but I think they, they, they should be no lower than five based on the way that you have ranked it to this point. People like Jerry Palm do not envy them at all because they have an impossible job. They can't, they, you, you don't know what this committee is going to do week to week. Yeah, it just blows my mind how how that's that's where you know, and I'm not, and I mean, I I wonder if maybe it would do us as a sports talk show no good, but I wonder if maybe they don't just wait until either the week of conference championship games or the week after conference championship games and say, here, here's our playoff field. Well, and wasn't that, which I mean, it's obviously not going to matter as much next year. Mm -hmm. But wasn't that kind of the point behind waiting to week eight? And yet we still have no consistency. But it's for a shorter period of time. I guess. So, I mean, no, they're not, they're not bound by, by preseason rankings necessarily, because, mm -hmm. you know, obviously you're not going to rank, you know, six and two Tennessee in the top five. Right. 
I mean, just it's not going to happen. No. So uh, they're not bound by those, and I think that's great. But yeah, it probably would be better for the group of five. Tulane sits at twenty-two. Liberty's at twenty-four. SMU is not ranked. If SMU beats Tulane, do the Mustangs get a New Year's Six, or does Liberty undefeated get the New Year's Six Bowl? Assuming, obviously, Liberty beats New Mexico State. Uh, be careful making that assumption for one thing, but yeah, that's. Um, you would think an undefeated Liberty, but I mean, again, you, you go back to your committee. It's and, SMU. It's Liberty. It's AAC champion who just beat Tulane, whose only loss was, you know, to Ole Miss without their quarterback. Mm -hmm. Or it's undefeated Liberty who won Conference USA. And beat nobody outside of Conference USA that makes you go, okay, they're, they're worthy. What is this in news record? I think they have lost two games. I think Liberty being undefeated should mean something. And they I guess that they're coming up. They lost to TCU and to Oklahoma. TCU loss does them no good. Yeah, that one hurts. Losing to Oklahoma early in the year, September 9th, mm -hmm. week two. You can, okay, you can get over that. Whatever. But TCU, that's tough. Now, was that? At TCU. TCU. But still, still, yeah. I just about opened it my own guideline. You call it DZ? That's mm. my bad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, to me, I think it's hard to say. I, and and they'll catch some flack for Conference USA, but I and I just feel like some money. I, I feel like. You can't penalize a team necessarily for once you get to that point. All they can play is who they who you put in front All of. All they can do is play who's in front. That's so. right. Uh, would be some money for MTSU to replenish that rainy day fund. The, the rainy day fund needs replenishing. It does, in fact. And we'll talk about it on the other side of the break as we've got some names that we think might be interesting. To you and to anyone else who might listen, Christmas or the new MTS, the newly opened MTSU football coaching job. So stick around. Main Street Sports today, live from AJ's Good Time Bar and the Lee Company Studio, is back in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney owned and operated full service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily, as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coming to you from the Mobile Lee Company studio, live from AJ's Good Time Bar on Broadway here in downtown Nashville. Swim at your own risk. No lifeguard. Lifeguard uh, on beer break. It's a good time. It's a good time. Welcome to Lake Winnipesaukee. You can swing through there, Chris. Oh, um, Lake Winnie. Here later this week. We'll be down in chat. I don't think. Yeah, we do love Lake Winnie. Good times right here. We're on the, We're in the whole Billy Bar, which is nautical themed, if you couldn't tell. Alan had some nautical songs, Chattahoochee, Five O'Clock Somewhere. Had a lot of, a lot of good songs with Aquapalooza. Oh, that was fun. That was an album. That looks like it might have been fun. Just drive your boat up, watch concerts. Friggin' deal. <laughs> anyway, having a good time here as the sun has finally gone off of the Regents building and out of my eyeballs. So <laughs> that's that's good. Glad glad that's happening. That's that's a Kenny Chesney song, All right? When the sun goes down. The sun goes down. Yeah. The Uncle Cracker. <laughs> the other nautical that, country music. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little college football. Uh, obviously, we've talked ad nauseum. MTSU's football coaching job is open. Who's going to take the job? 
Who's going to get offered the job? That is the question. Who wants the job? Who wants the job? I, I don't know. But there are some names out there that, let's just say, what, there are some pie-in-the-sky names, and there are some realistic names. There are some names being thrown around, and there are names that get thrown around in searches like this, and, and you may have hit on it, pie in the sky. Some names are more realistic than others. Is Manny Diaz going to take the MTSU job? I know he has MTSU ties. Is he going to take that job? I guess if he wants to be a head coach again. I, I mean, that really just depends, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, once you are, don't you want to be? You well, or do you want do you, do you want to be in Conference USA yeah. and in a bus league versus, you know, Power Five and all the things that come with that as a as a coach slash coordinator? Is Gene Chizik going to take this job? Defensive coordinator. I don't know that I'd want Gene Chizik to have the job. His name has come up. It has. It's been on a couple lists that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it's a great job. I don't think it's a great. Higher. Mm-hmm. I mean, North Carolina's defense hasn't been very good since he's been there. He wasn't a great head coach, sans Cam Newton. So, so no, I, I mean, five and nineteen, maybe, you know, maybe his record is what <laughs> what it says he is. Um. Obviously, we talked to um Brady McTamney last week about Austin P. And their their ability to hang on to Scotty Walden could be tough. His name is going to come up in a lot of searches. In a lot of searches, you know. Um, and when Chris Massaro made the comment in Monday's press conference about needing an over-the-top personality, I think that that kind of focused the target perhaps on him a little bit more or focused Scotty Walden maybe a little bit more on being in that mix. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Scotty is probably the most the most likely name that you hear consistently. He's the most likely person to get the job of the names oh. that consistently come up. Mm-hmm. I think he is the re, he's the reality hype. It's a, it's a step up for him. Obviously MTSU is making plenty of investment in its athletic facilities. Uh, I know Austin P just made quite an investment as well. So, you know, I think it's going to have to be the right fit for him, but obviously being in the Tennessee already that helps him. We've mentioned some names amongst ourselves. Brent some Deerman. jokingly, some yeah, some some, some more not. seriously than others. But I mean, <laughs> Brent Deerman, Brent Deerman at North Alabama, just had him two years ago. Went eight, won eight ball games with him, with the same offensive players. He's familiar with the program. They're familiar with him. Is that a maybe, plus or a minus? Maybe those, <laughs> maybe some of those names that enter the transfer portal come back out. 
with a guy what, that they're familiar with. It's more than that now. Elijah Mitchell went in yesterday, the wide receiver that probably dropped what could have been the the nail in Jack State's coffin. But other than that, had had a great year. I mean, great wide receiver. He's in the portal. There's just more names are just piling in. Um. Well, Larry Fedora's name has come up, former offensive coordinator at MTSU, who has been a head coach at you know, Southern Miss and North Carolina. Be a good fit. Is it? Where's he at, man? He is. At the house? No, no, he's not at the house. I saw that. I guess my question, though, is, you know, with all due respect, is it too late for him? Yeah, I mean, how old is he? Probably He is 61. Just turned 61. Well, I mean, you would probably get 10 good years out of him. Is he a bridge coach to get you to uh, the, the facilities being finished? He is OC at Baylor. Okay. That's an interesting try. Wouldn't guess that, but okay. Second stand at Baylor, actually. He was at Baylor before he was here. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Fedora probably would take the job. I think he, he knows enough about, you know, the landscape of group of five football. He understands what it takes to be successful, has been successful. Here's a couple of names that I want to get out there that I think bear consider. Um, Justin, if we go off, just go to the parade. <laughs> um, Jacksonville Jaguars defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell. Would he take it? I don't know. Would he leave the NFL? I don't know. I'd find out. It'd be a tough. It's probably a tough sell, but yeah. Can't. All he can do is say no. All he can do is say no. And if he does, then at least you ask. But if you don't ask, you don't know. And similarly speaking, uh, Tampa Bay defensive line coach Casey Rogers, who was a former assistant at MTSU, he's from Humboldt, played at UT. A lot of area familiarity, a lot of name familiarity. Again, would he come from the NFL? I don't know, but I'd find out. I like it. So, I mean, I think you got to make the phone call. You've got to make the phone call. So, Chris Massaro has a tough job ahead of him, but I don't think it's going to be as tough as it has to be. It doesn't have to it be. It doesn't have to be. I mean, you want to make the right decision, and from that standpoint, it's tough. But I think you have plenty of quality candidates. There are more it's people out there. It's just a matter of identifying them. Yes. So, 
let's take a look at that parade that is outside currently. NASCAR is in town, in fact, and here they are throwing stuff from this oh. Ford truck. Be downtown at your own risk right now. <laughs> Who knows what might what might get thrown from a truck. Let's see. I'm curious if they, I mean, we saw some cars, but I, I guess they're. I don't guess they're. Put, I don't guess they're, they're, they're. They have the NASCAR vehicles out here. It looks like just regular street cars with, you know, and and the actual drivers are on these floats. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I was really hoping to see some cars. Right. It does look like yeah, drivers are on floats out here, and man, everybody's honking horns. And this is a. It's a loud parade. Uh, it's a light, <laughs> loud but light. As, as again, you see more. Yeah, these are just just the Toyota truck here. Toyota drivers, I guess Bubba Wallace probably on that on that float there. Folks Did standing in the back was? of pickup trucks, throwing throwing stuff, stuff in, in dumpsters. dumpsters. It's a great, great shot. <laughs> if that was the goal. Surely that wasn't the goal. So, yeah, this is the, the Takes NASCAR. me back to my childhood, riding in the back of pickup trucks. Right. Back when you could do that. Back mm -hmm. when you could do that. Yeah. Step over here and see what's going on. Let's see. We got folks standing in the middle of the road, Mo. Just. Just, mm. just out here in the middle of the road. Oh, here's a, a big hauler coming through. Let's see if I can. Has it got a car on it? Yeah, here's Ron Blaney, the champion. Coming through the entire crew of Ron Blaney's championship team. Congratulations. Do you know who the MC is, Chris? That is, I don't, I don't know who that is. This is, folks are getting a little bit uh, closer. <laughs> ah, here come some cars. There we go. Looks like we've got the trucks. Oh. Yes, those are cars. <laughs> There's Ryan Blaney's number 12 Menards car. Hey, there's the, the, the old tow truck. Always good to see him a lot during the show, during, during those races. And the, and the, go, the Gator. Always Gator. Now we've got folks crossing the street here. That may be the end of this. No, no here's, here comes some more. What have we got here? More gator. <laughs> no, that is, 
Is that, that it? appears to be the end of the champions parade, which I mean, I guess the champion was the champions parade or the champion. champion. Parade? Well, I guess <laughs> I, I guess we did see uh, the, the truck champion. I don't know who it is, but we saw him. <laughs> There's that. All right. All right. There you go. The NASCAR champion parade. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, we, we've got more college football to talk about the, the coaching carousel on in other places, but also, Mo, the, the transfer portal continues to rack up. It's open for another, what, five, six days? Uh, it, it, it closes or opens for, for, uh, recruiting. for recruiting on the 4th. So that is Monday. So you have to be in it by then? In it by the yeah. door. That's when it will close to entering it and open to recruiting it. And yet, some people have $10 million offers. Already. So. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to take a break. We'll talk about that on the other side of it. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be back in just a second. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton on this wild and wacky Wednesday, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming your way here in just a few moments. But first, we continue with the college football coaching carousel, which 
we mentioned briefly yesterday that Syracuse had hired its guy, Fran Brown, former defensive backs coach and co-defensive coordinator for Georgia. I wonder if he's former or if he's going to continue with them through the postseason. How do you? Well, I mean, you've seen it. And yeah, but with the transfer portal, and like we said, it opens on December 4th. How? you got to hire some assistants to, to recruit it for you? I guess. you got to make some moves pretty quick. But, um, well, here's the, here's the good thing. Georgia's not going to be playing football until at least December 31st. So he's going to have some time to make some phone calls, mm-hmm. maybe visit some mamas, stuff like that. <laughs> but I got I to gotta feel like Will Muschamp is going to be the defensive coordinator for this, for this game. Whatever game Georgia plays next after the SEC championship game, Will Muschamp will be the defensive coordinator. Won't be no coach. Fran may be coaching. He may be helping. But it's much chance defense to call. And probably will be going forward. Will officially be announced at a press conference on December 4th per the release of Syracuse. Oh, December 4th, huh? That will presumably allow for Brown to remain with the Bulldogs through the SEC championship game this weekend. That's from SaturdayDownSouth.com. Go. So he will at least be with them. Yeah, he'll he'll be with them Saturday, and I, and I and probably will be with them. Perhaps, maybe I, you know, I'm sure that he is a very important part of that Georgia's coaching staff. But you know, if if this is your first head coaching job, I feel like you need to pour everything into it you can to make sure you get off on the right foot, right? Well. What you're saying makes sense. Obviously, we don't know what conversations they and Syracuse had. I mean, sure. If 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 you can come in there as a three-time national champion, I mean, that's okay. It's a little weight. Well, I think <laughs> figure it's like baseball. You get a ring if you're a part of it at any point. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's it, it's. This is always the interesting thing because it used to not be necessary. All right. Because right. signing day wasn't until February and there wasn't a transfer portal to deal with. And, you yeah. know, and, and with folks like Cam Ward who are grad transfers, you know, they can actually talk to schools. Right now? Yeah, throughout because they have, because to, get, they- they have to be admitted. Yeah. And they have to find make sure that they have the right grad you know, degrees, et cetera. So, like, there's a, there's a loophole there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these guys. But, I mean, it's it's like we were saying, I guess, to Chip yesterday. I mean, the, the timetable has definitely been accelerated. Yeah, it's changed completely. Completely. Other coaches that have been hired, Jonathan Smith from Oregon State will now be at Michigan State. 
for seven years at $52.85 million. That's seven plus per year. Well, that's less than Alaska. Yeah, but they may or may not still be on the hook for the last guy, too, depending on how that goes. Uh, so I still think they're going to pay him some. So. But they, the CBS calls him the perfect hire. Mm. Mm. I, I find it interesting that an Oregon State guy, a former quarterback for the Beavers, would leave Oregon State in this at this moment which I know you can stay too long. I get all of that. But well, not only can you stay too long, but you don't know what Oregon State's future is either. Yeah, but that's your school. Don't you want to see them through that? <laughs> I mean, if you have any type of... Apparently not. It, it, I mean... You can stay too long. I understand that, but jeez. I don't know. I just you, I, you, you I, can I stay think, too long. I mean, if if Jonathan if Jonathan Smith goes five and seven against Mountain four West. and eight the next couple of years, but they're gonna be playing Mountain West teams. Okay, if Jonathan Smith goes seven and five. Five and seven the next couple of years against Mountain West teams. I mean, because you're going to be going against Mountain West teams, which is going to have an impact on your recruiting as well. Because can Oregon State get the same guys now that they're going to be playing Mountain West teams that they were able to get when they were saying we're playing UCLA and USC and Washington and Oregon? Can you get the same guys now? You know, I don't know. I don't know that that matters as much anymore because it used to be that, you know, you got, you wanted to play against USC because that meant you were going to get to be on TV. Well, hell, everybody's on TV. <laughs> you might have to go look for it. Everybody's on TV. And it's, so. It's I, interesting, I, I but I, I mean, know. my, you know, bottom line, though, no, I, I don't blame anybody for going at this point. I mean, I posted something on Facebook the other day about Tom Allen getting fired at Indiana. The most recent cautionary tale. You got to go. I yeah. think. I mean, I get it, but but I, it, point, I, I, I get it. It's different when it's your alma yeah, mater. If he hadn't been their quarterback, I'm good move. But like, man, that seems that's yeah, I mean, you you wore the black and all. Yeah, I mean that yeah. that really feels like twisting the knife. But and and it goes back to what I was just saying though. That loyalty doesn't always go way. both ways. It's only one way typically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe they maybe he had a meeting with them and they said Go do what's best for you. We're proud of you. We appreciate what you did, and and if that's and, you know, if and, you feel and like go go make life changing money for you and your for, family. Yeah, and, you know you can always come home whenever. And so maybe that's what maybe that was the conversation they had. Oregon or Oregon State promoted defensive coordinator Trent Bray. Now is that permanent or is that interim? That's permanent. Okay. 
uh, Bray was the interim coach at Nebraska as they transitioned from Mike Riley to Scott Frost, which is kind of funny. Mike, Mike Riley. Riley, who is a name, doesn't have a job. I mean, he does, but not in college. How old is he? Old. That's what I'm talking He coached that Oregon State, didn't right. he? Okay. That, that's where he made his hate. Mm-hmm. Is it Oregon State? So maybe, you know, maybe Riley comes back on that staff and, and maybe helps him. I don't know, but uh, there's continuity, but it's also a guy who's never been a head coach before. Mike Riley, coach of the New Jersey Generals. Like I said, has a job, just not in college. Goodness. And the only other name that we didn't really talk about was David Braun, who is now officially the full-time coach for Northwestern. Northwestern. Good hire there. Great job on his part to, you know, to kind of keep that thing going. Okay, so here's a question. Um, Duke is looking for the successor to Mike Elko. They are. And somebody threw out David Shaw. Well, well, that'd be interesting since Stanford's going to the ACC. (laughs) Uh, You know, he obviously had some success at Stanford. A A lot of success. Along with some nuts, <laughs> along with, with not some success, which I, I mean, again, I think I think Stanford is more like a high school in that you're going to have your ebbs and flows more than any other place because smart kids aren't always good at football, and, well, and that's but, just. But again, I think I think David Shaw is yet another example of staying somewhere too long. Yeah. I mean, he he, he, he got that thing to he he got that thing to the point where he where where you start to feel like Stanford has arrived, and they haven't. Well, because I, how, I don't know that they do. Now I I don't know enough about Stanford's history post John Harbaugh. Jim. Was it Jim? Okay, I thought it was John. No 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 no, it was Jim. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know because under Jim Harbaugh they were competing for Pac-12 titles. I don't know what the after. Yeah, I don't know how long it took for that to go away. Was it not Shaw after Harbaugh? It, it was. So my my point is, did Shaw do what he did with Harbaugh's with kids? Harbaugh's no, he, he did it for a pretty good while after. Well, and that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's why I don't I don't know enough about it to know. I know he he had some good success. For about four or five years, and then it just dropped off a cliff for whatever reason. See the year by year results there. Is it backwards? Yeah, it, it's it's a little twisted. Harbaugh was only there four years, from 07 to 10. Right. He was there with Andrew Luck for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And had the sense to get out and go coach the 49ers. Mm-hmm. 
And so Shaw was OC. They went to three straight BCS bowl games, two Rose Bowls, with luck. But generational talent. So. Um, lost in the Rose Bowl in 13, Michigan State. Rebuilding season in 14. Won Pac-12 in 15. So, I mean, had, had um, and again in success. 17. Okay, so had sustained success without. But after they won it in 17, let's see, they went three and nine, three and nine, apparently. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, well, but still, again, I think that's an ebbs and flows things with with those type of schools. Mm -hmm. I think that's just what you're going to see. And so, having someone who understands how to navigate that as a coach, to me, makes makes him an interesting. Name. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. I mean, there aren't a lot of guys, again, there aren't a lot of guys out there who have had success at the FBS level who need a job. Right. I mean, they right. just aren't. Yeah. Most of those who are looking for jobs are looking for jobs for a reason. Right. And so you've either got to take a chance on a coordinator or get lucky with a guy who you know, maybe who hasn't stayed, necessarily had success. Maybe stayed somewhere a little too long. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, because at this point, if you're in the Big 12, do you leave the Big 12 no matter where you are, whether it's Kansas State, Iowa, Jeff you know, Leifold? Does Lance Leifold think about leaving to go make more money somewhere? No. You got a chance to be – I mean, the Big 12 is as wide open as it has mm -hmm. ever been. Yeah. So as as a coach once said to me, make the big time where you are. I, I, mean, I think that's what you gotta do. That's and that's that's an opportunity that exists in the Big Twelve as as it sits right now, I think. Now that being said, conversely, what if you're a guy in the Big Ten who's got a little bit of leverage and juice to go to a conference like the ACC where it's not nearly as competitive? Hmm. Thing about anybody in particular? No, I just, uh, um, just off the top of my head, like a Matt Rule. I know he's, you know, Matt Rule may not want to go back to Carolina. I understand. Uh, <laughs> or, I mean, does PJ Fleck have any juice left? He's not as hot as he was, that's right. for sure. Brett Bielema at Illinois. And I'm not saying necessarily for Duke. I'm just saying, generally speaking, you know, for if if you're if you're a coach in the Big Ten, now's the time to go to a different conference, somewhere where things may be a little easier. Yeah, yeah. No. Big Twelve or ACC, not SEC. Um, Kurt Signetti at JMU. That's a name. Sixty-two. Didn't realize. Yeah, that. he's he's old. So, that that would be an interesting hire as well. I, I don't know. Whoever it is, they've got their choice of quarterback in the portal. No matter where you go, you've got portal quarterback choices. There's plenty of them, and uh, we don't have time to talk about them because there's what 47 you said. At least, at least, probably more, including KJ Jefferson. Who knew? Who, he had? I didn't even realize he had any more eligibility. <laughs> I thought he was done. But. I guess he said after Bobby Petrino came as OC that he is done there. and payable. 
<laughs> there. Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll take a break. When we come back, Terry's on the line with the Titans report. Stick around. Time for Christmas for Kids November 20th at the Ryman Auditorium. This year's lineup includes Shenandoah, Phil Vassar, Chapel Heart, Michaela Lane, and Hunter Girl for over 40 years. Christmas for Kids has given the joy of Christmas to thousands of Middle Tennessee children. Christmas for Kids would like to thank their great sponsors. Tickets are on sale now. Visit Ryman.com to get your tickets. We will see you November 20th at the Ryman. Welcome back in. It is time now for your Daily Titans report from Terry McCormick. Terry, what's up? How are you guys? It is your Daily Titans report, and it's powered by Zen Sports, as always. Some good news in Titans camp today. Guess who was back on the practice field? Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks. Good guess, Mo. Uh, he went through some drills, at least during the open part of practice, as he's coming back from that concussion that he sustained at the end of the Pittsburgh game. Uh, don't know what his status will be, obviously, yet going forward as far as having a real chance to play on Sunday. But uh, just the fact that he's back out there and working uh, after three weeks of missing time with a, you know, the vicious, you know, uh, contact that he took with the turf there in Pittsburgh, that's good to see. It's always good to see when a, you know, a guy can come back from a concussion injury, but this is his second in as many years. And, you know, you really got to – you feel like – I feel like this is kind of Burke's last last go. If he, if he can get through the end of this season without getting injured again, I think, I think maybe you're in good shape. But otherwise, man – yeah, I think it's, it's definitely to, to something that going forward. I think, I think it's definitely something that, you know, through no fault of his own, really, because it's, you know, been, you know, the vicious hit that he took in Philadelphia and then, uh, you know, hitting his head on the turf in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's This is twice in less than a calendar year that he's been, you know, basically knocked unconscious. Uh, I think – you hope and pray for the best for him so that he's able to come back and resume his career. But then from the cold business standpoint of it, if you're the Titans, I think even if he does make it through the rest of the year and, and shows you what you hope he's capable of, I think you still have to explore either the free agent market or the draft for another receiving option just because, you know, his health, his health situation has been a little shaky. Yeah, and, and you hit on it, 
you know, it's not his fault that he's been hurt, but he has been hurt. And as Chris likes to say, the best ability is availability. And that has not been Traylon Burks' calling card over this year and a half, unfortunately. And it is a business, and they got to figure out, you know, whether he can be what they brought him in to be or not. So it's it's tough. It's very true. And, and, you know, and I would paint Kyle Phillips with that same brush, too, with as much time as he's missed over his first couple of seasons. He's healthy and he's making some contributions now. But that's another guy that until I see him out there week after week after week and bringing me something to the table offensively, uh, I got to think that uh, that's another situation where maybe a slot receiver is something that they have to look at in the offseason as well as a guy playing on the outside. Having to deal with wide receivers not the not not what you want to be doing right now. You, you've got you got a lot more questions that, that need to be answered, and, and you know maybe Kyle Phillips is you know is gonna. I think he he and Will Levis have shown that Phillips has the ability to be that important guy for him in the slot, but you still got to have one more, and I don't know who that is. I I mean I don't know if. Colton Dowell is capable of playing the slot or if he's just an outside guy or if he's not even got a chance on this team. I don't know. Seems interesting. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, in terms of the draft, I know people are saying that it's a pretty deep wide receiver group and certainly there's a, you know, potential generational talent in Marvin Harrison Jr. at the top of the draft. I don't know that they're going to be in position uh, draft slot wise to be able to, get up to get him because right now they would be picking 10th and he's going to be long gone by that point. But there are some interesting names that are in free agency this year uh, in terms of wide receiver. There's T Higgins. There's Michael Pittman of the Colts. There's Mike Evans, who's got a little age on him, but still a very productive receiver down in Tampa Bay. Heck, there's Jawan Jennings who ran Carthage should know really well from their time in San Francisco together. So, you know, those are just four of the names out there, you know, ranging from, you know, guys who could be a potential number one for you to guys who can come in and play a role for you. And so I think with some of that cap space, I definitely think they will address the receiver position this offseason, guys. Got some options. They do, in fact, have options. So I'll be curious to see where, where – I'll be curious to see where Rand spends in free agency versus what he attempts to draft. That, yeah, I, I mean, think that's you're right. It's a deep wide receiver draft, so I mean there there are guys out there, but you know, anytime you can get a guy who's proven to be capable at this level, it's a lot better. <laughs> sure, abs- absolutely, it is, and I think. You know, when you're talking about rebuilding this roster, you know, I think you have to get most of the line from the draft. I think, you know, Skaronsky looks like a building block. You're now seeing if Duncan can at least be a serviceable left tackle, if not a swing tackle for you uh, long term. And then, you know, other than that, you know, there's probably not a lot in free agency that's going to be at the tackle position. That's how you wound up with Andre Dillard. Uh, this year because there wasn't a lot available and you had a need there. But centers and guards, you can kind of fill in. I mean, 
Think about it. They brought Ben Jones in as a free agent a few years ago, and that worked out pretty well for them. So centers and guards you can find in free agency, but tackles especially, you got to hit on those in the draft. Well, hopefully Jalen Duncan is one more we've hit. Tell us about Zen Sports, Terry. All right. Zen Sports is always a hit, guys. And our partner Zen Sports is excited to launch their new introductory promotion available to all new customers in Tennessee, the No Danger First Wager. When you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 No Danger First Wager. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 bet minimum or maximum, I should say, within 24 hours if the bet loses. Plus, Zen Sports has launched a new VIP program for the premier bettors of Tennessee. If you think you might qualify, listen up. Zen Sports is hosting a VIP tailgate and game experience this Sunday, December 3rd from 9 a.m. to noon for the Titans-Colts game. That means food catered by a renowned chef, unlimited booze, and a private room for bet placing and mingling with fellow VIPs. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel that your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply Jeez. at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and bigger and better action than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. Welcome to the 2023 Magical Holiday Home Tour, coming for one day only. Immerse yourself in the spirit of the season as you explore stunning displays, twinkling lights, and charming decorations. The general admission tour of area luxury homes including historic Rosemont and a special tinsel tour of the original Fairview Plantation Mansion. Come and experience the warmth of the holidays by touring spectacular luxury homes. It's an event you won't want to miss. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton. Mo, before we get to our next guest, which will be very shortly, hopefully, hmm. um, Oakland has a plan B. And they are literally <laughs> plan B. The Oakland Ballers or the Oakland Beats. Okay. Instead of athletics, uh-huh. ballers. Okay, what what what's we'll play independent baseball starting in twenty twenty four. 
about that. Mm. Okay. They have hired former Seattle Mariners manager Don Wakamatsu, who went to high school in nearby Hayward, California, as executive vice president. Micah Franklin, former St. Louis outfielder, is from San Francisco and is coached in the minor leagues, will manage the team. <laughs> Where are they going to play? They do not have that just yet. Uh, I, I think I, I expect them to be quite the draw this summer. The Plan Bs came together after the A's, who have played in Oakland since six games, announced the move to Vegas. The, the A's will play at the Oakland Coliseum next year, but will move to Vegas after that. The Bs will play. Doesn't suck. The owners are. They'll play in the Pioneer League. By the way, mm-hmm. Paul Friedman and Brian Carmel didn't want to wait for the A's to leave the East Bay to know it would have a professional baseball. So during discussions to create the team, they made it clear they wanted to play in 2024. This is from ESPN.com. We just felt like our hearts had been ripped from our chests, like all these Bay sports fans. Carmel said, Oakland is a city that's seen the Raiders leave town, the Warriors move across town, and there was a lot of chatter that maybe Oakland wasn't a pro, isn't a pro sports town. We reject that completely. <laughs> They've raised $2 million to fund operations and expand seating at Laney College, an Oakland junior college where the Bees will play. The Bees. I like it. Mm-hmm. Plan B. <laughs> Pioneer League teams ha- are, are part of the, this is part of the group that was axed mm-hmm. and restructuring, but stuck around in indie ball. So this should be interesting. Mm-hmm. We're not here to replace what we lost. We mourn what was lost. What we're here to do is to say there's a tradition in Oakland. We get to continue that. We believe when Oaklanders come together, nothing can stop us. Hmm. I like it. I think the community is going to rally behind it, most likely. Uh, yeah. They can all protest at the Coliseum parking lot and then go to Laney College. Head over to Laney, yep. That's the option. And maybe, maybe... Maybe the local paper will run a ticker on attendance. Wouldn't that be funny? The A's versus the B's. Nah, I'd be I'd be for that. I'd be for that. Anyway, let's talk a little local college hoops. As our next guest joins us for the first time of a recurring spot. Yes. And now not, that he's recurring, not a plan B. No, he is plan A. <laughs> he this, is plan this, a. But uh, now that he is a recurring guest, we're apparently on a casual name casual. basis. Yes. It's just Joe Sullivan, and we we are excited to have you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the whole Joseph thing even started. To be honest with you, I don't know. My, my mother didn't even call me that. Uh, so well, it's just, it's an accent of my like my Twitter name because like when I originally got on Twitter, uh, uh, I, I didn't do it like some tech guy from the Globe did it for me and told me you got to be on this, and uh, and then I soon became addicted to it. So uh, it was like uh, he was he was my pusher or something. But I, now of course I couldn't live without Twitter. I don't know about you guys, but uh, well, sad something. but true. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yes, that's well said, Mo. It, I, there are some really bad sides to it, no question. Oh, <laughs> goodness, yes. If there was anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, what are you guys doing out? No, there's no drinks in front of you. You're out of the bar, but I don't see any uh, cocktails yeah, we'll, or beers. We'll get there later, well, maybe. It's, it's early. <laughs> it's it's five o'clock somewhere, but not here. <laughs> well, if AJ's good time bar, it's always five o'clock. They like to say. So Joe, did you did have you made it home from Allen Arena? Did you go to Allen Arena? I was what at Allen Arena this morning. Yeah, for that weird morning game they have. They had one last year where they they bring in busloads of grammar school kids to watch the game, and they sort of scream at the wrong times. They don't know really what's going on. <laughs> no idea. They just they just yell. So yeah, did yeah, you but, pick earplugs? <laughs> I did not. I want to make sure I can hear Lenny uh, uh, if he has anything to, to yell at the team. So they they looked great again. This is a, a tremendous offensive team uh, without their potential leading scorer who hasn't played a minute this year. Jason Agnanovic is uh, has a knee injury, and Lenny said after the game thing, I asked for an update. He said, I don't know when he's going to come back. And meanwhile, they keep winning and scoring 84 points a game. And I tell you, they really, they really crushed Chattanooga today. The final score they, has no – relationship to the mismatch. They were up 28 at one point in the second half. <laughs> Good so, yeah, final was 82-68. Uh, yeah. 14-point game. So when you said crushed, I was like, okay. But but did, read, read nothing into that score, huh? No. It, it, Lenny uh, put in his bottom, the back of his bench with three and a half minutes to go. And they proceeded to get outscored like uh, 15 nothing. Chattanooga scored like 15 straight <laughs> points. It's funny because last night someone said that t- that Kentucky could have pulled five people out of the crowd and still not lost <laughs> after the under four timeout. Sounds like the similar situation in Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have to like get scared and put anybody back in. But and what happens? Curry's- oh, what's that? No, go ahead, Joe. So what's go- what's going to be interesting about Lipscomb they, because they're they're playing a lot better than you would have expected without uh, Agnanovic. Uh, but the schedule gets brutal from here. And they have uh, they have to go to Central Florida. They host Belmont, which will be a tough game, of course. I mean, they're at Belmont, excuse me. Tennessee State, which is not going to be an easy game. And then they have Arkansas. Then they got an easy one with Bryant. Then they go Florida State. And then they start the conference season at Eastern Kentucky and at Bellarmine. Two tough road games in their conference. Mm-hmm. So the next, you know, I guess the month of December – into early January, we'll really know what kind of season Lipson's going to have if they can come through that, you know, that that gauntlet and uh, with more victories than than uh, losses. And and Joe, when you say that that Lipscomb crushed Chattanooga, hmm. I'm looking at Chat's schedule. They won by ten at the um, KFC Yum Center over Louisville. They yes. beat Bellarmine yep. in what was formerly known as the Roundhouse. Um, they beat Tennessee Tech by five. Tennessee Tech, which just lost to um, Western Carolina, I think, last night. They beat SEMO at yep. home. So, I mean, this is not a bad Chattanooga team that they just beat under a um, second-year coach after Lamont Paris went over to, North, uh, to South Carolina. Yeah, so uh, it, it's a new team. Like he, he, It's built with transfers mostly. And uh, they actually, uh, pre, pre-game I was talking to, to, uh, you know, their sports information guy. And they, they were very happy with how they're playing. He said they even the game they lost, they were ahead by 20. They blew a 20-point lead against Evansville, who's 
by the way, Evansville's undefeated for the, like the first, they're six and zero for the first time since 1965, something ridiculous. Uh, I don't know how good they are. They haven't really mm-hmm. played anybody, but uh, they did beat Chattanooga. I was expecting a, a close game. The the Ken Palm ratings were very close, uh, but uh, it was not. So Lenny's got <laughs> something going on here, uh, but I think the, the schedule might even things out coming up though. Well, we like Lenny. He's a Braves fan. So that's a good thing. Oh, so when you're going to moan about the Braves, you can call Lenny and you guys can moan together? Like you, you... Well, Not a whole lot of moaning going on here, Joe. Thank you very much. But, uh... it just <laughs> hey, seems let me I've ask come you up... this. Um, yeah. How, how, uh, how did Will Pruitt look? So Will Pruitt played probably the best game I've seen him play. Uh, he's such an unselfish, team-oriented kid. Uh you know, I asked him after the game about uh, – I have asked him, was that the best game you ever played? I haven't seen all your games, but that's the best game I've seen you play. And he goes, oh, it was up there. And then we talk about it. He got 16 rebounds as a 6'3 guard. And uh, they – you know, I asked him about uh, statistics, you know, rebounding statistics. And he goes, when I look at the statistics, I look at the team ones. I said, well, what are, which one specifically? He says shooting percentage, team rebounding. I just want to know about team statistics. So he really is an unselfish player. You know, Lenny says he's just a winner. Uh, but what was different for him today is he shot the ball well. He hasn't always been a great shooter, uh, but he just played so hard today. 16 rebounds, 22 points, and he made a few three-pointers. Uh, yeah, he's been around a long time. This is his fourth season. Uh, so uh, he might be coming into his own. You know what I love about this picture of Will Pruitt that you have on NashvilleHoops.blog, Joe, is that you put a picture on your website that includes you in the picture. <laughs> you know, when, that is well, really hey, impressive. Hey, when it's your website, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, that, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> it's bad enough I have to have that <laughs> other picture of with, uh, on, on the right side. It's uh, – you know, the, uh, I love that. We love that. That's it's, it's right like there that. on the screen, as you see. But, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know that picture. I, you know, that picture was taken. That picture was taken by a Pulitzer, two-time Pulitzer Prize-winning photographer uh, named Stan Grossfeld. Okay, I, I, I was is, in my office at the, the Globe. What's that, Chris? Top top five humble brags. <laughs> on this show I've right got there. a picture taken by a two-time Pulitzer Prize winner. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's, 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 that is a top that's solid. Brag. That's solid. Well done. I, I, I he, can't do anything with that. He came, <laughs> he came into my office and said, we need a good picture of you to go in the, in, in, on the Globe website. And that's when he, he rolled the basketball to me and took it. Well, that worked out. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. So how good he is. Yeah. He made me look good. It's uh, good. <laughs> But yes, NashvilleHoops.blog. Joe, I, I love what you what you're doing here. These this the notebook stuff that you do mm-hmm. is just just fantastic. It gives you thank you such a well rounded uh, you know view of the game in in bite sized pieces that you know the world has to have now. And so, uh, if you've not been to the to the website NashvilleHoops.blog, if you are at all interested in local in Nashville local college hoops, it's it's the there's a nice little note in there from a couple of days ago on Malik Dia, the former Innsworth standout who originally signed with Vanderbilt and is now at Belmont. And I think he's going to be amazing playing for Casey. And apparently he thinks so as well. 
Yeah, so he's he's been inconsistent. Uh, uh, but he, one thing uh, I think the story you're talking about, Mo, is when he talked to he mm-hmm. wants Casey. He wants Casey to be hard on him. He knows mm-hmm. Casey is just interested in making him a better player, making the team better, and that's his motivation. So I mean, Casey has uh, yanked him in and out of the starting lineup, yanked him out during games when things haven't gone right, and uh, Malik has come back after those and played well. So. Last weekend, uh, Belmont was in uh, Philadelphia playing at the Palestra, one of those three-day – it's not a tournament. You just play three teams. Mm-hmm. And Friday, they played uh, Monmouth from New Jersey, and they, they were terrible. Belmont was terrible, including Malik on Friday. It's, it's a team they could have beaten, but they really were never in the game, defensively really not doing anything good. And the next, the next day, uh, Casey had benched. Uh, Malik Dia and Kishan Davidson. They were out of the starting line. Both played and played a lot. But anyway, off the bench, Malik scores 27, I think. So uh, it, it's, uh, it shows that he means what he says about uh, being coached hard and that he's going he's gonna to respond to it. Oh, we froze, did we? Oh, no. Carry the show, Joe. Hmm. Don't don't take Joe out. We're the ones who are having the issues. Oh wow! Okay, I just I just uh, sort of went out and back and came back in. It wasn't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't you. It was us. I just got nervous. Uh, uh, good. Well, no, I hope I'm glad you guys are back on. We can't do it without you guys. <laughs> I know. I mean, just carry the show. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> just started going with my monologue about Belmont basketball. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> so Keyshawn and Malik were sat. Yes. Keyshawn's having a weird season. Uh, you know, I, I have a working theory that uh, uh, fifth-year COVID players can often be disappointing. And uh, he's starting to help me support that theory uh, because this is his fifth season and uh, he's not playing well. And that's why he was replaced. I mean, he was two for 13, I believe, over the weekend in that tournament in three games. Something looks wrong with his shot and uh, – I mean, he's still a smart player. You know, he's a good guard, but uh, he's got to – if Belmont's going to be good, they need him to be good. They need they don't have enough depth to, to support – to replace his type of play, which he can be good. We've seen it. We saw it at, at uh, Tennessee Tech, and we saw it at Belmont last year from him. He's played yeah. better when he was injured last year than he has played so far this season. So I wonder, uh, what, what, what is the, the basis for that theory outside of just – I test. I mean, do you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't are, have it uh, em- empirically uh, proven, well, but it's just sure. But like, uh, I mean, is it just? Is it because kids are bored? Are they perhaps? Maybe it, it's run its course. But I tell you that the, we have the examples locally. You know, Asan Asajula yeah. came back for a sixth year with with uh, Lipskin last year, and he was had the worst season that he had in years. He was really not much at all. And then you had the group, the group of four at Belmont two years ago that were there for for a fifth year, and their season just like went downhill as the season went on. When they started the season, I said, "Boy, this could be a really maybe Sweet Sixteen good team with all these veteran guys." And then they they couldn't make a shot after that, and they just, just slowly the season just went nowhere. Uh, so those are my two examples, and then Keyshawn Davidson mm-hmm. shaping up as the third one. 
It's interesting. Well, hopefully he will come along and disprove you at some point. But yeah, um, I, right. I hope so. <laughs> Joe Sullivan of NashvilleHoops.blog joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Joe, we appreciate it, man. And um, look forward to seeing you again next Wednesday. I'll be, I'll be there. Th- thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it and uh, look forward to next Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Heather Williams joins us. Talk a little NASCAR. So stick around. A little more NASCAR. Talked enough uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, yeah, plenty of news around the sport today. So stick around. Main Street Sports today is presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We're back in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Uh, welcome back in Main Street Sports today's presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We're in the Mobile League Company studio today here in downtown Nashville on Broadway as we look out and see 
the Batman building, the Regions building, life and casualties back there somewhere. Can't see it anymore because there's a building between us. But you know, it's a it, it it is a beautiful day here in downtown Nashville, and the NASCAR Champions Parade. No, I'm looking at NASCAR.com. Okay, and. The headline on this article says NASCAR heads to Nashville for 2023 Champions Week. That's apostrophe S, not S. So it's one champion, and it's their week. I guess. So so we may have just had the wrong concept at the beginning. You know, when when Ryan Blaney went down the street and nobody else. You're right. It, it, it is a singular, singular apostrophe S. champion. One champion. So there we. There you go. There's a. <laughs> there shouldn't be no apostrophe if it's more than one. I guess. Well, I guess champion it's week. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the week of the champion. The champions. Yeah, exactly. Possessive. Exactly. So Heather Williams <laughs> joins us now to talk a little bit about NASCAR, and she's not joining us from. No, she's not Nashville. here. We're very sad. She is an idiot parent. In she is in Johnson City, apparently. Yeah, I am. Can you tell? You wrapped up. Nice. Yeah, yeah. nice frame. Nice framing there. Yeah. Um. What? So. I wasn't in Nashville yet. Yeah. All right. So tell us what you've been doing, Heather. Well, ETSU hired their new head football coach. They actually made the hire on Monday, um, but they had their official introductory uh, press conference that just wrapped up about 20 minutes ago. It's Trey Lamb. Uh, Tennessee Tech alum, um, Calhoun, Georgia native, uh, has been coaching the last four years at Gardner-Webb, took them, took them to back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances in FCS, and he is now the new head man at, of the Bucks. Uh, just 34 years old, one of the youngest coaches in Division One football. Which means he's, he was 30 <laughs> when, when he got Gardner-Webb. Gardner Webb. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes. And I covered it. And he remembers me, which just means which just means I'm old. <laughs> At least he remembers you. He does Couldn't remember. Worse, I'm sorry. Who are you? <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, so we are obviously here in Nashville, and you will be here later this evening. So we're trying not to keep you too long so you can get on the road, I guess. Uh, but. Champions Week is really interesting. Obviously, they, they give out all their awards and that and that sort of thing. But this is, you know, what what is in store for Nashvilleians who who you know want to be involved? Well, obviously, you've got all the events that are going on today. There's are public events, the Champions Parade. The they had something called NASCAR House, and I'm not exactly sure what that is because I'm not up there right now. But I think they're gonna have various drivers coming through and public. Um, downtown that'll be the the big the big stuff for the uh for the fans to get to be interactive with all that will be today uh tomorrow they'll have uh media availability with drivers in the morning and then the banquet at night and they will replay that banquet um for people that can afford tickets you know the the normal people um <laughs> uh, on um the peacock app uh on saturday night i believe sunday Sunday night. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that celebration will take place at the Music City Center over a shoulder here. Where we so, parked. Where we parked. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
hit the they'll have a red carpet uh you know guys will talk to red carpets everybody all be all dressed up um and then they'll go in and have they it, it is it, it is champions week uh apostrophe yes because really this is about the cup series champions uh they will have the truck and xfinity series champions on hand and they will make brief remarks but really this banquet is about the cup series so um we're, we're celebrating ryan blaney this is definitely his week and you know, just based on the the season that he has, he deserves it. Now, this article says the Champions Parade will be held the same day on Broadway Street <laughs> from 2.30 to 3.30. That obviously not written in Nashville. <laughs> Broadway Street? I think you guys froze up, but... Um, yeah, you'd think coming to Nashville for uh, as long as NASCAR has that they would uh, they get that right by now. Yeah, one would think. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, um, we forgive them. <laughs> some, some news around NASCAR. A new driver for RFK announced earlier uh, today. David Reagan. Yeah. David Reagan, right? Yeah, I mean he's a he was a he's been a Roush guy forever, right? I mean he drove when he was a full time driver for Roush, so it makes sense. He's a great uh, speedway driver. He's going to drive uh, just a handful of races, including the Daytona 500. And David's driven or attempted to make the Daytona 500 pretty much every year since he officially retired as a full time fan. So I mean a full driver, so um, it makes sense. You know he's familiar with the organization. He and Obviously, is familiar with Chris Buescher because they were teammates at one point at Roush. So, um, no big surprise in that announcement. Uh, and I think David will do a good job. He always did in Roush equipment. I'm intrigued because David Reagan will be driving the number 60 buildsubmarines.com Ford. And so I had to go to the buildsubmarines.com website. <laughs> Can we just... Is it, can you order it like in a kit? Uh, you can. <laughs> well, I can't. I'm not getting in it, but you go right ahead. <laughs> well, I, I mean, like, what's the deal here? I mean, I didn't realize submarines were a private operation. <laughs> that, that's interesting. For your, for your backyard? Yeah. Yeah. No. That's wild. I mean, that's if you paint it yellow, you can live in it. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's no stopping him. There is no stopping <laughs> there is no, him. There is not. So um, what What else, Heather? Well, NASCAR has is... a big press uh, uh, called for uh, 4 o'clock local time, um, which I will not make it to because I don't have a helicopter. But um, in Nashville, and I believe that that – it just had a major announcement, but I believe that announcement is going to – What's that? Oh. <laughs> he said you didn't have a submarine either. No, I don't. But I don't know if that would get me from Johnson City to Nashville very well. Um, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Um, I believe that's going to have to do with their television rights. Um, it there's, is. There's been, been a lot of uh, a talk. Uh, Adam Stern at the Business Journal, who always does a good job, uh, has been reporting that you know Fox and 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 NBC are back on as as uh, media partners, but they were trying to get a third person or even a fourth person involved, like they used to have with TN. Uh, TNT uh, when the summer shootouts were on, on there and kind of cut the series into thirds. Um, 
the last report that I saw from him was that it looked like it was going to be some combination of TNT and maybe Prime. Um, NASCAR really wants to get more of a streaming presence like the NFL has um, with Prime, um, like baseball or soccer has with Apple uh, TV Plus. They they want that kind of a deal, not for their whole races because they want fans to be able to see races, but to have some sort of a toe in there because I think they believe like a lot of people that that's where we're going. That's where things are going to the streaming platform. So they want to dip their toe in a little bit in that. So I look for some combination of those four uh, entities to be a part of the announcement, just based on Adam's reporting um, and just kind of some of the things that I've heard. I, nothing official in the last day. So I don't know if that's going to be the final announcement. I know that's where they were headed. Uh, that's uh, 37 minutes ago. He said they are set to announce it and it will include the CW. Yeah, the CW which... was already. The CW was announced um, they're going to do all the Xfinity Series races. Um, they're going to be yeah. This NASCAR. is huge. I, I mean, this is this is a massive, massive deal for for NASCAR. Almost a fifty percent increase. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to. I mean, they they want to grow this thing. I mean, they're they're and they're trying to get go to where the younger viewers are. That's another reason why they wanted to dip their toe into streaming. I mean. I don't know about you guys, but most of the people that I know that are my relatives or my coworkers, they don't watch regular TV. They they don't even have cable. They might have an antenna, but they watch everything on streaming. So by you know dipping into specifically the streaming stuff, I think you know that they're trying they're trying to grow this thing. They're trying to find new fans. They've got a a big um, Netflix series kind of like drive to survive you know nascar's done several of them including way before drive to survive but um just based on the on the popularity specifically on netflix of that stuff they've got one planned for the for the um spring leading up to the daytona 500 i guess really the winter um on last year's championship run so um you know this is all about growing the sport i mean nascar has very loyal fan base but we're getting old so they've got to find new fans I don't know where Break Hard Blog is getting his information. It's probably from the Sports Business Journal. But this, I don't have a subscription to the Sports Business Journal, so I'm just going to use Break Hard's, uh, at Break Hard Blog's tweet here. The deal runs 25 to 31, uh, 7.7 billion total, include, which includes Xfinity CW deal. Fox will get the first 14, Amazon Prime the next five. TNT and Max, the next five, which allows for the streaming option. And then NBC has the final 14. Amazon will carry cup practice and qualifying for the first 19 minus the 500. Max and True TV will cover will carry cup practice qualifying for the remainder of the season, and the trucks will stay on Fox through 2024. Um, that all makes sense. I mean, I always kind of felt like that one of the things that was very hard for me to understand when I started following the sport is why people cared so much about qualifying and practice. I mean, nobody sits up there and, uh, and, and, you know, watches for hours and hours on end every week Titans practice, right? It's just a weird thing that's like unique to NASCAR and motorsports, but even more so NASCAR than IndyCar or um, F1 outside of the Indy 500 carb day. And those kinds of things are a big deal to qualifying day. But um, so I feel like, you know, putting those on the streaming service, is a no-brainer because you can 
actually provide more coverage in a less restrictive way than you would on terrestrial TV. It's at the same place every time. One of the problems that NASCAR's run into in recent years because of inventory is practices bouncing around. It's on F. It's on F1. It's on uh, Fox. So this week it's on um, USA. It's just bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. So it'll be a place where drivers and uh, fans and, and those kind of people know where it's going to be every week and they'll be able to find it. Should be interesting. You're right. I, I mean, I, I would probably watch at least some Titans practice if it were on television, but like week after week not, after week, not to the degree that people watch NASCAR practicing. It's very weird, but people watch it. So they put it on television, I go. guess. So anyway, if you're sure what they will watch, there you go. <laughs> Heather, uh, always good to see you again. And we look forward to more NASCAR news along the way. And we will talk to you when that news breaks. Sounds good, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Heather. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to pick tomorrow's three games, and then we're going to have Wild and Wacky Wednesday. So stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-Ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Final segment here from Broadway in downtown Nashville as we look out the window to see a crane, the official bird of Nashville. <laughs> can you only see one? I can only see one from here. Okay. No. But if you look back up the other way, you can probably see <laughs> At least a couple. Yeah. 
But uh, looking forward to the final segment here as we have a couple of things to do. Number one, we're going to pick some high school football games as there are three tomorrow, one of which will kick off before we're on the air, another which will kick off when we as go we on, come the air, on the air. On the air. So we need to pick now or forever hold on to be peace. on the record. <laughs> That's yes. right. So we will do that and we will start with the first game at. 10 a.m. here Central Time, 11 a.m. local to Chattanooga. Christ Presbyterian, the hometown-ish boy Buchanan, is will will we'll face off with head coach Gary Rankin. Yeah, and um, this is his second year at Boy Buchanan. And this is what they hired him for. It, this is exactly what they hired him for: is to be in state championship games. Now, uh, this isn't necessarily foreign territory for Boyd Buchanan. No. They they were in the state finals in in 2009. They won a state championship in 2003. So, and this is a program that has had some success, but you know, success in Gary Rankin just kind of to go hand in hand. It's almost like I want you here last year. Yeah, so um Gary Rankin not being in Chattanooga was the surprise of the of the week last year. Absolutely. So he's there, and Christ Presbyterian is there. The Buccaneers are undefeated. I feel like this CPA team has been on a crusade all year. I mean, from from that from VA on Thursday night on. Yeah, so he's going to win some championships at Boyd Buchanan, but he's not going to win one Thursday. We got CPA. I'm with you, man. Engel Martin and the Lions get it done, but Gary's not used to losing in these type of games, and it's real hard to pick against him. It, it is. It is. I mean, the knee-jerk reaction is to pick Boyd Buchanan in this game, especially them being undefeated. But, mm-hmm. but not so fast, my friend, because, I mean, Engel Martin has not been bad at CPA either. In fact, with a win, this will be on 149. Wow. Well done. Well done. The Class A game, Middle Tennessee Christian, by virtue of their win two weeks ago over Columbia Academy, mm. will take on Friendship Christian in the state finals, a team that they beat earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, got a rematch here. One of two, I think in the, the Blue Cross Bowl State Championships. Um, defeated Friendship Christian 16-14 mid-year, I guess week six. And um, Friendship played quite the schedule against um, East Robertson. So the Commanders have played a tough schedule. Middle Tennessee Christian, 11 and 1. Their only loss was down at South Pittsburgh, 18 6. So, a um, Blue Cross Bowl participant. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a sneaky good ball. Well, maybe not even sneaky good. It's going to be a good ball game. I'm really excited to see um, Tyson Walcott, the Mr. Football finalist for Friendship Christian. Um, 52 touchdowns. 2,792 rushing yards, 72 tackles. I'm sorry, 71 tackles. Well, so, yeah. oh, and, and as Tommy Bryan 
texted me, you'd like this kid. He's a wrestler. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to it. There you go. Wrestlers get stuff done. Kid's going to be, kid, kid is unreal. Yeah. He really is. And I think he's going to be unreal. Who do you got? I got friendship. I got friendship 34-21. If Middle Tennessee Christian gets up early, don't leave. Friendship likes to spot their opponents and points. Yeah, they do. I mean, they were down, what, 14 nothing to Columbia Academy, came back and won 42-21? They were down 14 nothing to Nashville Christian two weeks ago. And came back and won 56-14. Yeah, so. Oh, don't leave. They're just getting warmed up. As, as Chip Curry would <laughs> like to say, they're going to give you a finish. So, <laughs> So I too have the Crusaders. I think the moment is going to be a little bit too big for NGCS. That's kind They've of not been I'm there. Thinking. Friendship has. I think that's the difference. Is the yeah. moment's going to be a little bit too big that, and, and, and so friendship gets it done. All right. Um, don't even know why they're playing this somewhere else. Just play it where they play. It's Macaulay and Baylor. You, you can get a few more people in. Exactly. Macaulay, Baylor, the finale in Class Three, or I'm sorry, Division Two, Class Three. There we go. Um, Baylor won back in, excuse me, back in week seven when they played, um, one by three, 34-31. Um, I think McCauley gets even here. McCauley has, that's, that was the first loss by McCauley in the last eight games. McCauley had won seven straight. It's funny because I picked first on our staff pick them. Mm-hmm. And I picked McCauley because I thought everyone else would see that Baylor won earlier and mm-hmm. pick Baylor. So <laughs> that no, did not you, happen. You, Everybody but one person picked you, Baylor. You're picked not McCauley. the only person doing your homework, yeah, big boy. Well, I was hoping that I was going to be on the other side of that. McCauley, though, I think does get it done. I believe yeah, so. so. Yeah. All right. It's time now for the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. On Wild and Wacky, and we're going to turn it over to Mo for this one. He's got a couple of uh, stories to, to 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 bring to our attention. <laughs> Scrolling through Twitter as I am meant to do. Oh, today. <clears throat> and what would Wild and Wacky be without a Florida input? Florida woman allegedly stabs boyfriend in eye with rabies needle after accusing him of looking at other women. Can't be doing that. A 44-year-old woman was arrested in Miami after stabbing her boyfriend in the eye with what police termed a rabies needle. Sandra Jimenez allegedly jumped on top of her boyfriend of eight years at their home on Saturday night and stabbed him in the eye. According to an arrest report obtained by People, Jimenez allegedly used what the arrest report referred to as a rabies needle that the couple had in the house for their dogs to stab her boyfriend, piercing his right eyelid. Her boyfriend told police that he was lying on the couch when Jimenez allegedly attacked him and said they had been in an ongoing argument about him looking at other women before they arrived at their shared home. After the alleged incident, after the alleged attack, excuse me, Jimenez fled the scene and her boyfriend called the police. He was transported to a hospital and treated for the injury. She was later found sleeping in her car outside the home. She was arrested, taken into custody before being charged with a domestic violence felony for aggravated pattern. Stabbed in the eye the with rabies. a rabies needle. 
I mean, <laughs> with with a clean needle, it's bad, bad enough. enough. With a rabies needle, it's yeah. like that. It's like that. That the the woman who who says stop, who who posts on the internet to stop telling women that on the internet that they're beautiful. Tell your wife, and the guy goes and says, "Honey, women on the internet are beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> this is what I, I, I feel like happened. Dude. I don't. I don't think that's what she. Uh, I don't think that's what she. Meant. All right. A little closer. Man, who lives in Murray County, right? Yes. Bring it. Okay. Um, has a report from city Ashland City Police fought a man who broke out the back of a police car window on the way to jail. Authorities said it all started when Zachary Hodgkins was taking a ride share to a rehab center, was inebriated and unpredictable, and the ride share driver let him out. Police were called to the neighborhood when the suspect was banging on windows of homes. Um, ACPD initially called the rehab center in Dixon about the man when they said they wouldn't be able to come get him for hours. Police decided they needed to bring him to jail. On the way to the Cheatham County Jail, Dash cam captured him suddenly emerging from the back of the moving police car. What? The 27-year-old began banging on the roof of the police car while ultimately sitting on the bent window frame as officers converged. Wow. That's well done. Use his elbow to smash the glass and exit the window. This reminds me of Joker from uh, Dark Knight. Yeah. The was not initially handcuffed because he was missing a left hand and at the time of the arrest was being cooperative so officers didn't deem it necessary. Hodkins is over six feet tall and a former college athlete. Rest of the story. Spent time at Ravenwood, was a walk-on at Florida as a basketball player. If you look him up on Google, there's some pretty impressive video of him as a basketball player. It's unfortunate. So, Florida woman, Florida man, pretty much rounds out wild and wacky. It does, right? in fact. It yeah. does, in fact. And thank you guys for hanging out with us here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Again, thanks to our friends at AJ's Good Time Bar here on Broadway in downtown Nashville. Come on down, listen to some good real country music, or sing some karaoke, 7 o'clock on the third floor where we're at, and the whole Billy Bar, always a good time. Always thanks to Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint for keeping us going and to the lead company for sponsoring the studio, whether it's in studio or not. So very appreciative. And we'll see you guys at the Blue Cross Bowl in Chattanooga starting tomorrow and Friday. Until then, have a great week.